I heard a pastor many, many years ago uh, say this statement, and it really wasn't inside of me, so I didn't understand it, but the older I get, I'm starting to understand it more and more. And he said these words. He said, you're either coming out of a storm or you're in the middle of a storm or there's a storm right around the corner. In other words, life can be really hard sometimes. That may not be a very encouraging thing here this morning. You might be saying, uh, Johnny, can you lift me up a little bit more than that? But it seems like you're many times in life, you're either coming out of a difficult season, you're in the middle of a difficult season, or oftentimes it's right around the corner because there are difficult and painful things that happen in life. And where is God in the midst of those storms? Some of you know what I'm talking about. You have experienced the storm of betrayal. You've experienced the storm of divorce, the storm of addiction, the storm of cancer, the storm of depression, the storm of great uh, financial difficulties. Where is God when that happens? Why did God allow this to happen? Why doesn't he do something? Is so many of our response. And so I wanna talk to you about a singular thing today, and that is this. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never let the presence of a storm in your life cause you to doubt the presence of God in your life. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Acts 27, and we'll spend most of our time there. Turn to the 20th verse, and to catch you up to speed, we're going to be looking at some men who are on a boat in the middle of a massive, and it's a crazy storm. The storm went on for several days. The crew was so terrified, they started throwing cargo over because they were so terrified. And this was a storm that they were convinced because of what was happening. And we have to kind of enter our mindsets. Of these folks just were just knew that they would not survive this storm. And so we pick up the story in verse 20. Verse 20 when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. And no small tempest lay on us. So now you got to do I looked at that several times. I was like, and no small tempest lay on us. What does that mean? He's trying to say, this was no small storm we were facing. So when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and this was no small storm that we were facing. All hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. They had given up all hope. Here they were, caught in a storm, 
it is not, the sun is not shining and you can't even see the stars at night. There was no break. They had given up all hope. Some of you might be in that same boat today. Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, my marriage is not going to make it. I'm always going to be single and alone. You've already given up hope. You're saying to yourself, I'm never going to get out of debt. I've given up hope. Yeah, I'm never going to have a child. Some of you may be saying, there's no way I'll ever graduate. Some of you might be here and saying, it's always, I'm always going to be depressed. That's the way it's always going to be. Some of you might be here and you've given up hope, just like these guys had on this boat. And so in verse 21, we continue. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said these words. Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail for Crete and incurred this injury and loss. As spiritual as Paul was, as spiritual as he was, now we're talking about the Apostle Paul who wrote 13 of the 27 New Testament books. He wrote 32,400-ish words in the Bible. 5% of the Bible is written by this spiritual giant. But Paul was not above saying, I told you so. I mean, that's what's going on here. In the, they're in the storm because they didn't listen to Paul. And he says, if you would have listened to me, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be incurring this horrible tragedy that's unfolding while we're on this boat. If you just listened to me. You know, I think we as Christians, we uh, have a, a, a propensity towards blaming everything on the devil. And he is the father of lies, and he is the one, of course, through which evil has come into the world. He was the great tempter. But we blame everything on the devil. We, we will, will blame, and the devil, the devil caused the storm. And Paul says, you made a stupid decision. And you may be thinking that today. That might be you this morning. You're in the storm because you spent too much money. You mouthed off when you shouldn't have. You weren't considerate of other people. Maybe it is that you're in the storm because you procrastinated. When I was growing up, I grew up with a girl who started dating a guy. You know that guy, don't you? That guy. And, uh, and you know, she didn't listen to anybody. She didn't, her mama didn't like him. Her daddy didn't like him. Even her friends warned her about this guy. Her pastor even warned her about this guy. But when you talk to her, it was, oh, I just love him and I just see the potential. You know, there's so much potential in him. Everybody said something. 
And she didn't listen. She didn't listen. She went right on down the road. She had her first child. And then he cheated on her within a few years. And then she lived through a storm. So many times we make decisions. Maybe this is one of the reasons that they gave up, if you think about it. If you're anything like me, you might think like this. Maybe the reason that they had given up was because they had made the decision to go. They were warned. Isn't this the way it is? They were in the storm because of the decision that they made. And sometimes it's easy for me to believe God when I feel like God is the one that got me into it. But if I'm the one who got me into it, it's hard for me to have faith. And maybe that's why they gave up. If you're anything like me, sometimes it's like, well, I made this decision. This is on me. And I have a propensity towards not believing God or trusting God. Now, for some of the crew, and this is, this, and that may be, it's, it's more difficult when you got yourself into it. Maybe that's one of the reasons that we don't trust God. But here's the other thing. For some of the crew, some of the people on the boat, they're in the storm. It's not their fault. It is not their fault. Some of the crew might not have wanted to go. I know Paul expressed his doubts about it. He didn't want to do it. And some of the crew might not have wanted to go. And, and they're going through a storm. Have you ever gone through the storm because of somebody else's dumb decision? Anybody here, how many of you have ever been in a storm because someone else? Anybody ever done that? Yeah, there's a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that person, it might be a little awkward because they might be sitting right next to you, so don't elbow anybody. Let's not have any fights during this, all right? Might be a little awkward. But it's also things like this. Your parents got a divorce and you had nothing to do with it. The company made bad decisions and it caused decline. Your parents, you know, maybe, you, maybe it is that you maybe trusted someone and they betrayed your trust. And so Paul continues to speak. Thankfully, that's not all he said. He says in verse 22, Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. An angel stood beside me, is what he's saying. I want to encourage you today, in the same way that we read here today. There are more ways that you can imagine that God is with you in the storm. So many times in our married life, Sherry and I, especially in raising four children, we are convinced that there have been many times when God has been in our midst and he has sent an angel to protect us. I can remember times when we were driving, times when we were parenting, times when we were just on our own and I have seen God's hand in the middle of that. And we, and I remember there used to be a song, maybe we are entertaining angels unaware. Am I just thinking of a poem? No, it's a song. I think it's a song. But it's true. God is protecting us. But 
even more significant for us who know the Lord in 2019, and that is the Holy Spirit resides in you. Is that Jesus died on the cross to pay our sins, and then the Holy Spirit comes and empowers us to live and to be a presence. He promised that in John 14, when the disciples were discouraged at Jesus going away, and he promised the Holy Spirit, and he called the Holy Spirit, the Holy Comforter. Because in life, there is pain and there is loss. And so he promises the Holy Spirit that resides within us that we would be indwelled with and the power of God would be before in us, would be within us. His Spirit. And His Spirit hears our prayers. The Holy Spirit, His Spirit hears are crying. In fact, in the book of Romans, it says that God, that Jesus is really, the Holy Spirit is interpreting our groans and moans and cries. The Holy Spirit is comforting. The Holy Spirit is guiding us. And we should never forget in the dark what we learned in the light. I've told you many times, Sherry's told me, the teacher is always silent during the test. And there are many trials and testings in our lives. The storms of life are times of, of, of great trial and testing. But never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Because right there in this story, we see that. Now, Paul, not only did he have this experience, but let's just give another experience in, second, in his second letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. He says these words. And you might, you know, when you go through a hard thing, sometimes you feel alone. He says, everyone deserted me. I didn't have anybody. And then he says, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. I want you to know that. I tell this to many people who lose a spouse, especially those who are older, who've had 50 years to have supper with that same man or woman. And I remind them, even when you're by yourself, you're not alone. Never forget that. And so whenever Paul, he realizes this, this is not just Paul, David, wrote in Psalm 16, verse 8. This is a good verse maybe for you to know. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. God is with you, even if you're going through a storm, and even if you were a part of the decision, or if you just happened to be somebody that was there. Peace is not the absence of a storm. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. And so Paul, in the middle of this storm, speaks up and says, now listen, folks, the Lord stood beside me, and he told me, he stood before me. And he goes on, and he says in verse 23, for the, this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said... This, do not be afraid. Now, I don't have time to unpack that, but I want to tell you so many times an angel of the Lord, the Lord appeared to many people, and one of the first phrases always out of their mouth was, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. When he appeared to Mary, 
do not be afraid. When he appeared to Joseph, do not be afraid. Whenever he, you see a grand vision of God, Isaiah, do not be afraid. Fear not. He says that to Paul. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with. God has granted you all those that you have sailed with. You know, I think it's, you, it's not lost that he didn't say, oh, everything's going to be fine from here on out. This was just a test. It's about to be over. No, no, no. He was saying to him, you're going to have to stand trial. You must stand before Caesar. You know one of the things he was saying to him? You're not going to go down on this boat. You can, you're going to have to stand, stand trial with Caesar. You can't go down in this battle. There's another battle to fight. And there are some of you here that I'm talking to this morning, and that's the message for you. You're not going to go down in this boat. There's another battle. There's something ahead. Don't grow weary. God's not finished with you yet. There's more people to bless. There's more opportunities to give. There's more people to point. Uh, you can point others to Jesus. God will use what you learn in this storm to help you and help someone through theirs. If you're not dead, God's not done. I want to encourage you this morning with that. Maybe you've survived cancer. Well, maybe you've survived cancer so that you can help someone else fight with faith. Maybe uh, there, you've overcome unfaithfulness in your marriage to help other people do the same and help them forgive. You climbed out of debt. You got through that storm so that you can tell others that it can be done. Don't give up hope. You're not going to die on this boat. You've been 200 days sober. Tell others that Christ has set you free. You're not going to die on this boat. But there are other people in the same boat. And you're going to have to encourage them. Because the world needs that. People need the Lord. And I want to encourage you. He's present with you in the storm. But there's a lot of storms. And there's a lot of people in troubled waters. And so Paul continues to speak. He says in verse 25, So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. There's two phrases I would encourage you to pay attention to. The first one is, I have faith in God. Faith in God. Put your faith in God. Quit putting your faith in yourself and in the boat. Don't put your faith in the boat. He said, this boat's going to, I don't know if this ship's going to survive, Paul. This, he, in fact, he told him, this ship is not going to survive, but you are. And there are a lot of people in these boat, the kind of boat that you're in. Put your faith in God. And it will be exactly as I have been told. He didn't say, it's exactly what I think it's going to be. He trusted in what the word of God said. You see, 
Faith is not what I see. Faith is in what God says. And I would encourage you today to not put your faith in the boat, but put your faith in the one who commands the wave and the winds. Put your faith in God. You can't control your situation. So many of you have experienced you're going through a storm or you're going to go through a storm where you can't control the situation, whether it's in your family, your job, whatever that is. You can't control when the storm starts. You can't control that. You can't go back in time and you can't go forward in time. You can't control how the storm hits. You can't control that. It happens. There's pain and loss in this world. You can't control even how long the storm lasts. You can't control what people will do. You can't control what people think. But here's what you can control. You can control who you will listen to. You can control that. Think about who it is you're listening to. Are you listening to the voice of God and to godly counsel? One of the greatest advice I ever came, I ever came to, was a guy when I was in my younger 20s really talking to me about listening to the right voices. And especially when you're in the storm, you want to listen to the right people. You can control who you listen to. Here's another thing. You can control what you say. If you just sit and repeat all the things about we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die, and we just say that over and over, and that's all we say on the boat, it's going to be hard for us to have faith when our mouth is also not speaking faith. And you can control where you place your faith. You can control that too. In the face of great dilemma or overwhelming adversity, you can put your faith in God. You can control that. You can't control so many other circumstances, but you can control who you listen to. You can control what you say, how you say it, and you can control where you place your faith. And I would encourage you to put your faith in the God of the Bible. Chapter 46 of the book of Psalms, the psalmist writes this, God is our shelter and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not be afraid even if the earth is shaken and the mountains fall into the depths of the ocean. Even if the seas roar and rage and the hills are shaken by the violence, God is our shelter and our strength. The economy is not my shelter and my strength. People aren't my shelter and my strength. Relationships are not my shelter and my strength. I want to encourage you to put your trust in God. God is our shelter. God is my shelter. Whatever happens to the economy, whatever happens in relationships, if I don't get the job, if I don't get everything that I want. He is what I need. He is my safety. God is my safety. God is my strength. God is my comfort. God is my source. 
God is my redeemer. God is my sustainer. God is my provider. God is my assurer. God is my salvation. God is our shelter and our strength, always ready to help in troubled times. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. You see, peace isn't the absence of the storm. Peace is found in the presence of a good God, even in the middle of a storm. And so this morning, I want us to pray for one another. I want us to take the time to spend some time praying for one another. You know how Paul had the angel come and he said to him, he spoke words to him and said, Paul, you're not going to die on this. This, this ship isn't going to make it, but you're not going to die. Everybody's going to be okay. And you're still going to have to face, stand before Caesar. I think that kind of encouragement is needed. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something that you might just, blow, I don't want to blow anybody out of the water, but I want us to know that there are, when you come to church, that there's hope and encouragement here. So I'm gonna ask you guys to pray together. I want you to break up into groups.